Hello, and welcome to the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement's podcast, Wonks at Work. I'm Craig Wilson, your host, a self-declared wonk, dad of two boys, native Arkansan, and I've been the health policy director at the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement for more than a decade. On this show, we aim to demystify, boil down, and unwonk, if you will, complex topics so that you can understand how the healthcare system is working or not working for you. This is our 10th episode, and we're going to have a discussion with the Capital City's chief executive. But before we launch into the discussion, let me give you a little context about city governments and their impact on a community's health. Now, most folks think that mayors can have little to no impact on a community's health, and that's understandable. Most people actually believe that our ability to be healthy is influenced largely by our access to affordable health care. And mayors have very little influence on this because it's mostly funded by the state and the federal government and by employers. Now, to be sure, access to affordable health care does play a role in our ability to be healthy, but it's a small role. Our health behaviors, on the other hand, our diets and our engagement in regular physical activity play major roles. I'm reminded of it daily when I walk by my treadmill and sense its stare or when I drive by a community bakery and smell those yummy strawberry cake donuts. But the things that have the biggest impact on our health are social determinants. Those are things like access to affordable, safe housing, economic stability and opportunities for employment, access to healthy foods, and our physical environment in the sense that it is free of crime, walkable, and complete with ample opportunities for play and social engagement. Now, on that front... Mayors can have a major impact on community health, but decisions about social determinants or zip code risk, as we have come to call it at the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement, those are often not linked to their impact on your health. In fact, a 2018 study in the American Journal of Public Health found that about half of mayors surveyed believed that their residents experienced health disparities, but only about 30 percent believed that the city's policies could actually have any impact. Now, I believe that they would have answered much differently if health disparities were clearly defined in the context of social determinants of health. So, today we're going to get inside the mind of a mayor, and we have with us the Honorable Frank Scott, mayor of Little Rock, who is in his third year as chief executive. Now, he's the 73rd mayor and first black mayor of Little Rock, Now, I know him from his time in Governor Mike Beebe's office, where he did policy and intergovernmental affairs work. He got his bachelor's degree in business administration from the University of Memphis and his MBA from the University of Arkansas at Little Rock. And my favorite note on him is that he was a student of dance (laughs) with the renowned instructor Michael Tidwell. See, Michael. Yeah, see, Michael Tidwell, who is also my wife's godfather. I did know that. Six degrees of separation there. So good to see you, Mr. Mayor, and welcome to the show. Good to see you as well, Craig. Uh, We go way back uh, in the early days, what I would call the precursor days of the Medicaid private option. Yeah, yeah. uh, And also in the days of the Office of Healthcare Information Technology, OHIT. Uh, So, one, it's just been great to follow your career since our time and all that you continue to do in the field of healthcare and, and public policy. Uh, and uh, just great to be with you today. Well, great to have you. Glad to see you coming and, back around. And you're so right. Can... This this small degree, because uh, <laughs> C. Michael Tidwell is not only 
uh, one of my favorite teachers, but as a mentor of mine, I credit a lot of my development and coming out of my shell because yeah. many who don't know me, they think I'm an extrovert, but I'm actually an introvert. Um, same here, yeah, same so, here, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then we get that through our creativity. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the dance floor. Or, yeah. You know, and Tidwell can throw a great party. He can. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get to the more serious stuff, um, you know that I have seen up close the impact that a, the job as mayor can have on a person because it's just, it's nonstop, mm-hmm. 24-7. You were just in a press conference right before this, so... <laughs> So how do you take a mental break from being Mayor Scott and just focus on Frank? So for me, uh, w- what I do, um, being an introvert, is anytime I can be by myself or with a very small group of, you know, personal friends, uh, that's my time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, I'm a many people don't know because I am a, a lover of performing arts. Uh, one of my things I love to do. Uh, kind of in another world, I'll probably be a, a music or a film producer. So I spend a lot of time at home watching Netflix yeah. and watching yeah. docu-series, documentaries, any type of uh, movies. And that's what really helps me to kind of keep myself sane. Clearly, I'm an associate pastor as well, so my faith is a big determinant. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things, uh, being a leader uh, and a number of different things, both personally and professionally, I'm paying more attention to my mental health. Uh, and I want to, you know, uh, share that, speak that, yeah. voice that, uh, that if you're not paying attention to your mental health, please do. Uh, and many times that our there are external factors that drive internal issues. Uh, and so that's why we have to always focus on the mental health. And yeah. so for me, getting time away to kind of, whether it's 30 minutes to an hour just to kind of decompress, I do my best. Um, uh, my friends and family say that you're lying, you don't do it enough. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> and, and that's probably true uh, because this is a 24-7 job. I mean, it literally is. Uh, we don't take vacations in this position. Uh, and even if you tried, something happens that you have you're to cut get it a short. Call. I, I've get gotten a call. used to, uh, uh, particularly pre-pandemic, uh, buying uh, refundable uh, plane tickets because <laughs> I may have to cancel it. And I've gotten to the point that it, it definitely is hard to plan sometimes. But uh, it's a part of the job, as my grandfather once said, you know, the sole job of a mayor uh, is to catch the robbers, put out the fires, and pick up the trash. Anything else you do is because you love the people, and we love the people here in Little Rock. Great, Rock. great. Yeah. And I'm glad to hear you talking about mental health because yeah. it's been stigmatized for a long time. And particularly with uh, black men yeah, uh, and uh, the black community, the brown community as well, is something that um, it's been uh, not only stigmatized but, you know, highly left under the rug, mm-hmm. uh, and which creates this kind of exasperation of when things happen, and sometimes it's too late. Uh, and so, again, uh, we want to voice those. Uh, it's okay to go see a therapist. It's Absolutely. okay to, uh, to listen to a counselor and things of that nature. And I always do a mental check-in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I ask this of all of our wonky guests. What would you say is your theme song? So my theme song? Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, I would say uh, uh, Big Sean has a song called Bigger Than Me. All I want to do is make the city project. Wishing all the OGs could see me, nah, nah, yeah. And when you feel something you can't see, but you know it's meant to be, you gonna realize that this is bigger than me, yeah. Uh, and I, I love it, and it's just it, one of the first stanzas, I want to make my city proud, uh, and being the son uh, of this city, uh, knowing that it, it's I'm blessed to be a, a millennial that's leading, uh, but leading in these 
some would call challenging, but very challenging, different. But yeah. if you truly are in servant leadership, you want to be in the mix. You want to be in this game. You meet the challenge in the midst of a 500 year flood, in the midst of a global pandemic, social civil unrest, an insurrection, yeah. a historic snowstorm. I mean, I, as <laughs> I, 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 I talked to some <laughs> some mayors before. It was like, hey, we, we've been through a lot uh, in these first two years that no one ever would have expected. Uh, but it's a 24 seven job. Uh, this is what we sign up for. Uh, we're grateful for these challenges, grateful for these opportunities to serve and to be intentional and always ensuring that we're going to be on the right side of right. Yeah. So I. But pres- it's all, like I said, bigger than me, Big Sean. Bigger than me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I presume that none of our listeners knows this. You talked about it earlier, but you and I actually spent a lot of time uh, seated next to each other in public health committee meetings when you were in Governor Beebe's office. So what was. What was the most important takeaway from your time spent in those meetings and how it's informed what you do? Well, well, you have to understand that, you know, many politicians and elected officials and public policy folks always talk about the inextricable link between education and economic development. Uh, But neither are sustained without health care. And that's one of the things that I was able to learn uh, in the midst of, you know, those who saw Governor Beebe at the time when he was elected thought he was going to be an education and a jobs governor. And that's what he was, but he's known for being a healthcare governor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm proud to have played a role in, you know, the journey to get us to a Medicaid private option. You played a role in that as well. Uh, but we go back to even the tobacco uh, sales tax yeah. and, and how we are still funding today 22 to 25 programs that many people will never know our names about it because <laughs> right. it's bigger than us, right? right. Uh, and so learned a lot on how healthcare plays a role in the economy, mm-hmm. uh, but also how it plays a role with the workforce. Uh, and many times it doesn't get enough credit for that and, and its impact on the bottom line of each and every business and household. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so as I mentioned in the in the intro, mayors don't typically have to deal with health care issues themselves mm-hmm. uh, since most of that funding is either federal or, or, or state-based. But mayors can, and some have, like I mentioned my good friend and where I went to college up in Batesville, Rick Ellenbaugh up yeah. there. Uh, he, he made health uh, of the city – and, and its residents uh, a major focus of their policy efforts. So, so what opportunities and challenges do we have in Little Rock to address the health of, of our residents? Well, clearly being the state's capital city, uh, the large city uh, in a small state, we have to lead on any and every issue, and health is a key issue. It's a key indicator when you think about from an economic standpoint. Uh, it represents 25% of most folks' bottom line. Um, Little Rock is the state capital city and the healthcare mecca for our state. All of our hospitals are headquartered here, and most of their workforce are located here as well. Uh, so we have to have a focus on it. Uh, if you don't understand now with the COVID-19 right. global pandemic, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Uh, hence the reason in our last week's State of the City, uh, we're going to be implementing a Little Rock Health and Wellness uh, Commission to kind of help us navigate all kinds of health challenges, uh, focusing on health care disparities and what we need to do uh, to increase the overall healthiness of our city to create this long-term posterity uh, in our city. Uh, so I think one, that's number one. Two, clearly what we're doing now with our Little Rock COVID-19 healthcare task force has really helped me to lead mm-hmm. during this time, listening to the data, listening to the es- experts, hence the reason why we were the city was early, assertive, and aggressive with all of its public health and welfare yeah. policies in the midst of the beginning. It, it got so funny that, you know, one day Little Rock would be doing one thing and everybody would say, oh, they're crazy, they're crazy. <laughs> 
three days to a week later, they're following us. So, yeah. uh, but that's because of the, the the healthcare experts that we have here, the ability to call on folks like yourself and Susan McCarthy, Amy Rossi. Yeah. You know, when you start thinking about those folks from AFMC and UAMS with Chancellor Kim Patterson and. Um, whether it's Troy Wells at Baptist Health or Chad A. Duddle at CHI St. Vincent and Dr. Jerry Jones at CHI St. Vincent. We have so much. And then shout out to uh, at-large city director, uh, Dr. Dean Compiris, who's yeah. chairman of our Little Rock COVID-19 task force, helping me to lead in the effort, providing me those uh, the data so when I make the decision, we can roll with it and yeah. stick to it. And so uh, it, it's imperative. Every mayor has to think about it. in some cities, you know, uh, how certain things sit up. They have their own city and county health departments that right. they're leading and may not have a purview of the Arkansas Department of Health like we have here. Yeah. Yeah. So it's I, it's very important that what you mentioned about it being data driven and, and listening to the experts you got on, to. on these topics. Got because to. we're, none of us it's called it's, 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 it's a it's a <laughs> pandemic. We don't we've never seen yeah, it before. Yeah, we haven't right? seen so it before. Gotta, yeah. So. um so we're now over a year uh, into the pandemic. What has been the city's response during COVID-19 in a broad sense? Again, it's kind of as we shared, we were early, aggressive, and assertive. We were the first city uh, to uh, implement a state-of-the-city emergency, uh, the first city to uh, ask of our, you know, we had to make the hard decision to ask of our restaurants to mm-hmm. transition to online curbside delivery service, but also in that same vein, Help, be, help them be creative by amending our planning policies to allow for their space to be utilized for creative grocery store boutiques. Uh, we then did our dine out initiative to allow for mm-hmm. the ability to utilize their sidewalks and other areas Gosh, and green, seems like green space ago, so people could eat outside. <laughs> uh, so we were early and aggressive from that standpoint. Same as you know, transitioning to zero gatherings, transitioning to uh, focusing on uh, equal, equitable distri- distribution of PPE and masks. Mm-hmm. First to uh, issue a mask mandate from executive order uh, that we that we did. And uh, we continue to do the same thing and, and also focusing on the health care disparities that were abound, uh, particularly as it relates to COVID-19 due to uh, black, brown mm-hmm. uh, brothers and sisters that because of other acute health care disparities, uh, they uh, hurt them as it relates to COVID-19 experiences because of those other underlying effects. Uh, so we want to put people first. Uh, and, and by putting people first, you make some people mad. Uh, but we don't play politics with public health. Yeah. So, And speaking of not playing politics, uh, you have gone ahead and said you're going to continue the mass mandate um, in, the, um, in the aftermath of, of the governor saying that the mass make mandate statewide no longer is so yes effect. the governor on march 31st uh he indicated uh that he would no longer as you, as you recall uh city of little rock did theirs first mm-hmm. uh in uh middle to late june shortly thereafter the governor adopted and uh, asked for all the other states to do the same um we won't go into all those details but we were the first <laughs> the governor then has since said that he was going to lift the mandate uh on march 31st we indicated that we would continue ours so i signed our new uh, we already have a state of the city emergency that allows for executive orders. We amended that existing state of the city emergency uh, that I believe has to do it every 120 days. I believe that ends or so here in the next couple months. So we have already amended and I signed it today, April okay. 1st. Um, uh, well, today's the 31st. Is today the 31st? Today's the 31st. 31st. Yeah. I signed it today. Uh, and so uh, that that's already in effect. Great. So, yeah. Great. So. You talked a, a little bit about how the public health authority is really centralized mm-hmm. at, at the state level. Um, 
and that's uh, that varies across states. Right. It's it's very different in other states. But do you feel like at the at the municipal level that you could have or or would have done more with greater local authority? Well, I think one I want to sh- share that uh, we had a strong relationship uh, with both secretaries at the Arkansas Department of Health, and just really commend them and their entire team. Uh, but we always would want more authority. Uh, I think that's something that you have to contend with. Uh, but we are grateful for the relationship we have at the Department of Health. But definitely, uh, I, I try to control my own destiny sometimes, and so we would love to kind of do that from time to time. But uh, but those that wasn't necessarily um, something that was in place that was dictated by the Arkansas Department of Health. Yeah, yeah. So so what has surprised you most about this whole pandemic experience? Uh, surprised me most. Um, clearly, it's a surprise because we've never been here before. Um, <laughs> but. Um, the period of isolation and, and separation, how it's all impacted um, our psyche, but also our um, kind of modes of operation for the future, and really interested to see what changes abound from it. Yeah. I think what, you've, what we've seen is uh, we know the difference between a real need for a meeting, or they could have just been an email or a phone call, <laughs> uh, and the ability for Zooms to get straight to the point yeah. <laughs> on certain things. I think I so I think about it from that standpoint, but when you're in the midst of it, we're we're just sticking and moving uh, and trying to uh, get things done on behalf of the people. But uh, again, uh, focusing on mental health, I think uh, focus on you know what we can all do to be more efficient and effective. Uh, but at the end of the day, how do we become better than our beginning? So we're coming out of a pandemic. I don't want to go back to March 11, 2020, yeah, which is pre-pandemic for us. Yeah. I want us to be better than March 11, 2020, now in 21 and going to beyond. Yeah. And what ways can we, we have this new opportunity to kind of start afresh and anew. Yeah. So, and hopefully to help with that <laughs> refresh, yeah. is the recent federal uh, relief package that contains some funding for municipalities and oh, counties. Yeah. So what kind of uh, funding relief does Little Rock expect and, and what holes do you expect to fill with it? So right now we expect Little Rock to get about $37 million, uh, which will probably be the most in the state. I believe the state's going to get somewhere around $1.3 billion, I believe, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. And so every city and county is getting direct funding. That's something that my fellow mayors and I advocated for. The, one of the areas of improvement from the last COVID-19 yeah. package was to have more direct funding for uh, cities, and so we'll be able to get that. But one of the things that it's very broad, uh, um ruling right now we're waiting to see more details but basically we understand those dollars can be used for revenue loss particularly for municipalities as well as industries within tourism transportation uh, and hospitality i also can be used for job creation and investment in infrastructure improvement whether it be water sewer um, and land acquisition from a port standpoint uh, and the transportation of cargo and passengers uh, so we plan to you know it's one-time funding so you want to yeah. be able to uh, you don't want to create uh, new expenses with one-time funding. Uh, and so be able to solve some issues. And so we think we'll be able to address uh, whether it's homelessness, uh, whether it's uh, parks improvement, uh, maybe some more port expansion to create more uh, job readiness for f- future uh, economic opportunities. Uh, we plan on looking there. Good, good. So I think it's safe to say that the pandemic may change the way that some businesses operate on a long-term basis. And some are, are going to stick with remote work indefinitely. What are you hearing from businesses in the commercial real estate industry in particular 
Um, and how can Little Rock respond to this dramatic shift? I think, you know, I was listening to uh, Marcelo Calor, who is the um, CEO of SoftBank, uh, chairman of WeWork and former CEO of Sprint. Uh, and, he, and clearly we've seen the rise, the slowdown, and now the uptick of the WeWork atmosphere. I think what you're going to see is a greater focus in the real estate industry is collaborative workspace because mm -hmm. people are going to want to come back to a space, but also to be um, health conscious, understanding the need for more spacing. So I see that as the new wave is more collaborative workspace within existing uh, structures and then creating more volume and economies of scale. So we may carve up in existing spaces more small uh, spaces anywhere between 100 square feet to 300 square feet, but in multiple pockets within a commercial building. So that's one opportunity. Second opportunity I think you're going to see from a commercial real estate standpoint more focus on industrial uh, with the rise of more usage of online sales. Because uh, well, how many times during the pandemic did we, did we rely on Amazon? Yeah. Did we rely on, you know, Uber Eats and DoorDash and, uh, and, and Bike Squad and things of that nature? We're going to see more of that people uh, doing that. But also one of the things in the middle of the pandemic that you saw was more of a focus on residential uh, real yeah. estate and many people taking advantage of the low interest rates, but also reinvesting into their homes and creating more workspaces yeah. at home. Uh, and, and so I think it's going to be a lot of interesting things that are going to come out of it. <laughs> it's, it's, I've told this story a, a number of times. So in January, I got rid of my desk at home, mm -hmm. which was an unfortunate thing because yeah. I wasn't able to get one yeah. for you know months after months. the pandemic <laughs> because they were uh, uh, on order. But one of the great thing that I did was get a treadmill. Oh yeah, and um, Peloton. It was no, it was just a, it was just, just an old used yeah. one, you know. Yeah. And um, and my wife thought it was the worst mistake that I could have ever made uh, buying an ugly used treadmill. <laughs> and um, it is now the best decision. Oh yeah. In her opinion, that I've ever made, other than marrying her. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was, you were very smart there. <laughs> so, all right, for this final question, uh, I want to ask you something that our good friend Matt DeCampbell. Oh, uh, asked you love. in a podcast interview. God rest his soul. Yeah, just before he passed. Um, and I think it's a great question. So, when your time is done as mayor, what do you want to be remembered for? Mm. Uh, that we truly united uh, the city, we grew it and transformed it. That's the that's the goal. Yeah. How do we unite, grow, and transform? Uh, we're doing things that have never been done before. We know that. We're a pioneering administration uh, to only forge towards uh, higher heights for our city. And we do that with a focus on unity, uh, intentionality, equity, mm -hmm. growth, and transformation. Good things that we're all focusing on in the health space, too. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I didn't have this on my list. All right. But since you just came off of the press conference, um, in your in your new tax push, your sales tax push, mm -hmm. um, Rebuild the rock, right? Yep, rebuild, rebuild the rock. The rock. Um, we gotta get you on a commercial. What's it the sounded great when you said it? <laughs> <laughs> rebuild the rock. What's the what is the focus on some of the park spaces? Because that that's really of interest to me, and certainly from yeah. a health standpoint. Oh, clearly, well, one of the things that we've seen in the midst of the pandemic, when you talk about trends, a the city of Little Rock is a city in a park. We have sixty three parks in our one hundred twenty four square miles, um, and so the focus is on how, on how do we reimagine, reinvest, and revitalize uh, our anchoring institution of parks and our parks in general. 
Uh, and so uh, when you talk about this uh, close to one penny of a sales tax, which will accrue somewhere around $53 million annually that we won't sunset, um, and we're going to be honest about it. We're not going to say we're going to do it for 10 years and then come back yeah. again. Uh, but focusing on you know, what I call the new economic development model, which is quality life in place, and how do we increase families to choose Little Rock and provide opportunities to not only families but businesses and create the workforce ecosystem to not only survive but thrive. Uh, and so we want to focus more on quality life in place. Of that $53 million, 34% is going to be going strictly to the revitalization of War Memorial Park, making yeah. it our own central park. Uh, the same for Hyman Park, making that a disc golf and mountain bike destination, connecting the Southwest Trail from Hot Springs through both of, both War Memorial Park and uh, Hyman Park. Uh, share with you earlier, we got 63 parks. Since I've been alive, we haven't invested and increased the maintenance uh, yeah. of those parks, and so we'll be in increasing the maintenance from $13 million to $17 million. For, so it doesn't matter what area of town you're in, you're going to have a quality park, and it's going to be spruced up and give you the ability to not only work, uh, have the ability to work from uh, a park. Yeah. And that's the reason why we've already invested in public Wi-Fi, a majority of our parks, but also to be educated in the parks. And so you see that in addition to a youth sports complex where we can be a regional player in, with AAU sports, whether it's volleyball, basketball, baseball, uh, what have you, uh, from that standpoint, we'll be expanding golf operations at first tee, taking first tee from nine holes to 18 holes. Uh, expanding golf operations at Repsman as well as soccer as well. So it's a great focus on quality of life in place uh, as well as making renovations and enhancements to our zoo. And ultimately the health and well-being of the community. Has to be. Has All to right. be. More activity. Well, thank you, Mayor Scott, for joining us. I, re I really appreciate it. And um, I think you're doing a great job. Well, thank you. Um, we work for the residents of Little Rock. We work for you. Uh, thank you for this opportunity to share and have a focus on health and wellness, uh, focus on uh, the need for to understand public policy in the health arena because it touches everything. Again, it sustains and grows our educational achievement, sustains and grows our economy. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Walks at Work. You can listen to our bi-weekly podcast on our website, achi.net. A special thanks to the Bobby L. Roberts Library of Arkansas History and Art, which is a part of the Central Arkansas Library System, for allowing us to use their studio to record. If you have any topics you would like for us to consider, please email us at achi at achi.net. As a reminder, the views, information, and opinions expressed by our podcast guests are solely those of the guests and do not necessarily represent those of the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement. The primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. The podcast does not constitute medical, legal, or other professional advice or services. We hope you've enjoyed our latest episode, and again, thanks for listening.